thank you for tuning in to the Fires of Revival podcast. It is my prayer that you are helped by the weekly ministry conversations and expositional teachings through Key Bible Passages. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast. And now for the episode. All right, well, I hope everybody is doing well. Thank you for joining us on this episode. This is our first interview of the year 2024. I know I've kind of slacked off the game here. It's been a few months. Last episode with an interview, I think, was Kurt Skelly back in October. So it's been a few months, but we are back at it, and I promise you listeners, I have a lot more coming. And for today's episode, I am super excited uh, for the person we're interviewing. He's Evangelist Dave Young. He's here for our revival this week, and I thought I could snag him away for a while, record a couple episodes. So you'll have him today, and you'll have him next week as well. So thank you, Brother Young, for coming on, and for our opening question, we ask this to every guest just to get to know him. But could you share with us your salvation testimony? I sure can. First of all, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And I got saved as a sophomore in high school. I, uh, my dad and mom were believers. Our dad got saved when I was in elementary school. Mom was a believer when she met my dad. But I came to know Christ because uh, once my dad and mom got in church when I was in junior high school, it put us into a church. And the church had a new pastor mm-hmm. that loved souls and wanted people to be saved. And he's the man that went after me and reasoned with me, talked with me, gave me the gospel over and over and over. Mm-hmm and continued to present the gospel to me. And because of his witnessing me, he was really the first person that ever opened a Bible and one-on-one told me how to be saved. And I had heard the gospel, you know, before, but nobody personally had connected with me. And he did. And that's how I came to know Christ because of his influence. Mm -hmm. And he took me to church with him on a Sunday night where I heard a missionary give the gospel. And after that service on the way home is when he stopped and we had a conversation about the gospel in the front seat of his car. And that is the place where I trusted Jesus Christ to be my God and my Savior. Awesome. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that with us. And then building off of that, uh, how did the Lord lead you into ministry, answering the call to preach? Yeah, that's a great question because I wanted to be a, a medical doctor. And that was my whole plan. I went to public high school. So I studied uh, what, you know, I guess they called it now, maybe like advanced placement or mm-hmm. something. And I went through all the college prep classes, calculus, trigonometry, advanced chemistry, the whole works, because my goal was I needed a scholarship mm-hmm. to go to med school or to pre-med. Yeah. And as a, once I came to know Christ, uh, I just you know kept growing in the Lord. Uh, Brother Arwood was the one, the man that led me to Jesus, taught me how to have morning devotions, mm-hmm. uh, daily devotions really, mm-hmm. and how to have you know at the beginnings of a prayer life and how to, to be a soul winner. And just due to his influence, very quickly, I became very interested in ministry. And as a result of that, I began to sense in my heart that God was calling me. And I, you know, it's not one of those things where it was a dramatic, oh my goodness, the voice of God just spoke uh-huh. to me. But uh, in the spirit of First Timothy, where Paul says to Timothy, if a man desires the office, desires, mm-hmm. uh, there was just a great desire in my heart. And I knew there was a need. And maybe like Isaiah, as much as anything, Mm -hmm. Lord, here am I, send me. And I just became increasingly interested. And finally, one Sunday night, pastor, my pastor, I was in high Mm -hmm. school. My pastor preached Romans 12, 1 and 2. Present your bodies a living Mm -hmm. sacrifice. And that was the night where I I presented myself. Lord, I'm all yours, whatever you want. That was really the night Mm -hmm. I I sensed in my spirit, my heart, God wants me in ministry. So Mm -hmm. I told Brother Arwood, my pastor, I said, I think God wants me in ministry. And he said, uh, you think God wants you to preach? And I was like, I think so. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, there's only one way to know that, and that's to do it. So he mm-hmm. said, next Sunday night, you can preach your first sermon. <laughs> and I was terrified and, you know, uh-huh. you know, obviously scared to death. Mm-hmm. But that was a beginning 
of me turning my heart away from, um, you know, pre-med and, mm -hmm. you know, the loves of my life, arithmetic and all of mm -hmm. that, into what could I do for the cause of Christ in the church. And so that's how that happened. Awesome. Praise the Lord. I love hearing that story. Mine's kind of resonated similar there. I was doing a lot of things, wanted to get into business. I was helping a lot in ministry to the point that someone finally was like, have you ever considered doing ministry with your life? And then it just kind of hit me, you know, why haven't I done that? And the Lord worked that's all awesome. those things yes, out. Sir. Uh, so I agree with you. Mine wasn't like some lightning bolt, you know, out of the sky, you know, one single moment. It was kind of building into that. And there's many listening that could share probably a similar story. But part of your ministry, you're an evangelist. So you get to travel across the U.S., across the world, preaching in different churches every week. So could you just share with us a little bit about your ministry, what you get to do, and then maybe even go back a little bit and tell us how the Lord led you into evangelism? All those are good. I I, uh, I love being an evangelist. This is 30 years of full-time evangelism, though I started preaching in mm -hmm. high school, and uh, so I've been preaching much longer than that. But as far as full-time ministry, really we started our ministry in 93, but 94 mm -hmm. was really the beginning of what we now call the David Young mm -hmm. Evangelistic Association. And as far as evangelism, you know, I, I didn't know how God was calling me in ministry. I just knew I was called to ministry. And the man that led me to Christ suggested I go full-time. I'd never heard of that because mm -hmm. we never had a full-time full pastor. So he took me you know, to, to, to see people, to hear you know, men preach that were mm -hmm. full-time in ministry. And then he said, you should go to college to train for it. Mm -hmm. Well, I had never known anybody <laughs> that went to college to train for ministry mm -hmm. unless they were liberal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, There were liberal mm -hmm. pastors in town that we would have said were liberal mm -hmm. that were educated. But he uh, directed my steps, and I wound up at Pensacola okay. Christian College in Pensacola, Florida. And and in ministry, you had to declare a major. Mm -hmm. So he said, "What will you, you know, what will you declare?" And so, or they said, "What, you know?" And so I had to look at their pastoring, missions, youth pastoring, or evangelism, mm -hmm. and and all of those appealed to me. But the really the evangelism major is what appealed to me the most. And I think it was just a you know a, a growth out of my heart. Just mm -hmm. this is what I love. And I began studying in their evangelism major, the evangelism degree at Pensacola. I ended up with a Greek and Hebrew minor. It's a very involved uh, course of mm -hmm. study. But the result of that was that really it was my sophomore year at Pensacola that my heart just knew God, God wants mm -hmm. me to go into ministry as an evangelist. And I wasn't sure even all that that meant at the mm -hmm. time. But the last, uh, the last 30 years have been phenomenal. My wife and I have traveled together. Mm -hmm. We have had the privilege. Our ministry consists primarily of revivals, family conferences, couples retreats, youth camps, mm -hmm. and then some missions work overseas as well. And so there's, you know, it's a multifaceted mm -hmm. ministry. Now we podcast as well every week mm -hmm. ourselves. And so it's just a very busy, busy ministry. We've done some writing and all of those sort of things. But really, you know, that all happened. God, I studied for it. I felt God called me. Mm -hmm. Then I studied for it. I went to Bible college and learned all I could about how to preach. Mm -hmm. I took a ton of speech classes. Mm -hmm. It always bothers me. This is just an aside of mine. When a ministerial student complains about speech. Mm -hmm. And nobody enjoys speech. It's not that like speech is fun, but it is a massive part of your calling. And so mm -hmm. take all the speech you can get is yeah. how I feel. But anyway, I, um, you know, just, okay, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? And the next thing you know, I had doors open and we're just praying and mm -hmm. trusting the Lord. I worked a couple of years traveling with my alma mater, Pensacola Christian okay. College. Uh, those days I went to 36 states, preaching mm -hmm. in chapels, Christian schools, churches, and then um, traveling with their quartets. Mm -hmm. I was the preacher for all the quartets in the summer months <laughs> that went to churches and everything. And then, uh, you know, that came to an end, and my father-in-law was a pastor in Ohio, invited me to come to his mm -hmm. church. We based out of his church, and the Lord just been op began opening doors. My uh, first and second year, 
I, you know, to make ends mm-hmm. meet, I worked. Uh, I did some, you know, I put a roof on a house. I mm-hmm. did some substitute teaching, things of that okay. sort. But we had a lot of meetings as well. It just we weren't full time, mm-hmm. fully scheduled. Sure. My fourth year was the year that we ended up with like forty five weeks of meetings, wow. and it was too much. Mm-hmm. We we realized at that point that we can't maintain that mm-hmm. pace. But uh, from that point on, we've had a full schedule, and I've been to forty eight states and I think seven countries now. And wow. God's been really good to me. Almost 2,000 churches we've been able to be a part of and ministries, and it's been really great. God has been so good to me. Well, praise the Lord. Love seeing how God kind of worked all that out, detail by detail, piece by piece. I'm sure when you first started out, you had no idea it would get to the point where it is now and things. No clue. My dad's not in the ministry, so, you know, here, nobody Mm -hmm. in my family does this. Yeah. So So you don't have a name or anything, you know. You have to do it, kind of thing. Exactly, for sure. Uh, now, one of the things I've gathered being around you this week that I've just loved is just seeing this joy from you and your son serving the Lord. So what would you say, how do you maintain joy in the ministry? I know that you've been doing it for a long time, serving for, you said, over 30 years. I'm sure it can be easy to go to cruise control and just turn those things off. But how do you stay joyful in the busyness? Oh, no, that's a huge question. <laughs> just a huge question. <laughs> Because there's always an attack on joy because Mm -hmm. joy is Christianity and joy is the fruit of the Mm -hmm. Spirit. And the Bible also says that the joy of the Lord Mm -hmm. is our strength. And the enemy never wants us to have strength, so he's always attacking Mm -hmm. our joy. And and the answer to that is multifaceted, really. The the, the spiritual answer is that we pray about it. The Bible says Mm -hmm. that we're to be filled with the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. So... Uh, I do pray daily. I have a, a daily prayer list, mm-hmm. and one of my things I pray about daily is joy. Lord, help me to have your joy. And and it doesn't mean that life is always easy. Joy doesn't mean that everything is well. Joy means that uh, everything is well in my heart between mm-hmm. me and God, and that I can serve the Lord with a happy mm-hmm. heart. And so uh, how do we maintain that? There, there is a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. One is that uh, I, I learned a long time ago, number one, to love people. Mm-hmm. You have to love people. And one of the things we have focused our ministry on, I work diligently at learning names, speaking mm-hmm. to people, spending time with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I took uh, Dale Carnegie, I, you know, his course yes. very seriously. Mm-hmm. Speak first, smile, learn names, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a result of that, we have just made great friends in ministry. Mm-hmm. And many of the churches I preach in, I go back to again to where there are friends there. Mm-hmm. And that's because we have worked at getting to know yeah. people. And when you love people, it brings joy to it you. Does. When you mm-hmm. when you are spirit-filled and you pray about that and work mm-hmm. at that, that brings joy. But we've also determined, uh, you know, the thing, we're aware of things that rob our joy. And one of the things that happens in our movement mm-hmm. is that it's easy to become cynical. It's easy to mm-hmm. think everybody's an idiot and I'm just part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true at all. We can have disagreements. Mm-hmm. We can see things differently. We can have varied positions. Now, there's any number of things mm-hmm. that we disagree on. And as an evangelist, I see that firsthand. Mm-hmm. Every week of my life, every church I'm in will have a nuance. You know, mm-hmm. they believe maybe this degree of a certain mm-hmm. doctrine, and the sure. others take this position on it. And and I'm not talking about things that are you know fundamental, but but things that we can vary mm-hmm. on. So what we've learned to do is not let that not to let that bother mm-hmm. us. We don't get cynical. When my wife is aware that I'm starting to get cynical, uh, she points that out to me. And if I'm aware mm-hmm. that she is, which leads me to another way I've maintained joy. Okay. I've traveled with my family. Mm-hmm. And we didn't own a home for the first 20, almost 20 years of our ministry. We lived in an RV with our five children. Mm-hmm. But the reason we chose to do that is so that we could serve God together. Yeah. 
So what we did is we tried to eliminate all the possibilities that would mm -hmm. undermine our joy. Uh, I, I, I have devotions every day because it's essential for me to walk with God if I'm going to have joy. Yeah. I pray about being spirit-filled mm -hmm. because it's essential if you're going to have joy. I guard my heart that I don't get cynical about people who disagree with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing I've learned, that it's brought great joy to realize I have great friends who are not in our denomination I, as far as independent Baptists. They're not independent Baptists, but they mm -hmm. love the Lord. And I don't even preach for them. Mm -hmm. But they're godly people yeah. that love the Lord. We are just in two different groups. Yeah. And, and I'm not bothered. We can discuss it all day. Mm -hmm. I can tell them why they're wrong, and they can tell me why they think mm -hmm. I'm not right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we, we are not bothered mm -hmm. by each other. And when you're not bothered, uh, you can have joy. Our family, our family chose a verse as our family verse. Not my life mm -hmm. verse, but it's our family verse. Serve the Lord with gladness, Psalm 100, mm -hmm. verse 2. And we, we, we believed that as a family. And our goal was, if we're going to be on the road every night, preaching in churches, mm -hmm. and we're going to be continually serving and at the mercy of mm -hmm. people, let's do it with a happy heart. Mm -hmm. All of my kids are in ministry. Yes. And one of the reasons that all of my kids are in ministry is because God enabled uh, my wife and me on the road together to, to be able to maintain joy, to have a happy heart in serving mm -hmm. the Lord. And so that's multi, you yeah. know, that's a multi-faceted mm -hmm. answer. There might be one more thing. We took advantage of of, of traveling to have fun. Mm -hmm. um, we just believe yeah. that it's good to have fun in ministry. Yeah, it's good. So I would watch clean movies with my children. Mm -hmm. And when we're in an area, we always try to do something fun in the area. Mm -hmm. We have been kayaking in Florida. We have been to the mm -hmm. beaches of Florida and the beaches of California. We've been, mm -hmm. you know, along the lake shores of Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. We've we've hiked the sand dunes in northern Michigan. Mm -hmm. We've been to the Colorado, yeah. you know, Rockies. Mm -hmm. We've eaten great food. We've drunk mm -hmm. coffee and who knows how many coffee yes. shops. <laughs> but we worked at enjoying it. So it's a long answer yeah. there, but joy is worth having in ministry and not not easy to maintain in our culture. For sure. And I appreciate that. I know for me the area that I wrestle with the most is getting cynical. And I have to remind myself, no, you know, I need to get that out of my life because usually when that starts happening, the joy begins to fade and I find myself frustrated. And, oh, yes. And you begin to think, well, they don't work as hard as me or I'm doing more than this person or they have it all wrong and I have it all right and it's unfair that they're prospering and I'm not. And if you're like me, listener, you find yourself comparing yourselves and complaining and your joy begins to decrease to the point that it's not even there. And as you mentioned, the joy of the Lord is our strength and it's a necessary part uh, yes. of being a believer. Uh, so you kind of already answered it throughout, but you want to clarify it a little bit here. But why should Christians serve the Lord serve the Lord with joy? We should serve the Lord with joy for a variety of reasons. One mm -hmm. is it is an evidence that we are the real deal. Mm -hmm. A complaining, griping, cynical, hard to get along mm -hmm. with, arrogant believer mm -hmm. undermines the gospel of Christ. So when I have the joy of the Lord, when I when I am everything I ought to be as a believer. And I have a happy heart in a mm -hmm. world that's so stinking messed mm -hmm. up. It opens the door for the gospel to have power in my life. So it is a gospel issue. That's why we should have joy. But it's also a strength issue. I don't always understand how it works. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we come to a place, and everybody struggles, mm -hmm. we come to a place in our ministry where we're a little down, where we've mm -hmm. lost our joy, where our first love mm -hmm. has begun to wane. When that begins to happen in ministry, what happens is, that you begin to lose your strength. Mm -hmm. you, you're frustrated, you're irritated, uh, you're weary. Mm -hmm. uh, it just, yeah. it, it affects every area. And so the joy of the Lord, the two things I would think of is that joy is, mm -hmm. is an evidence that we are spirit-filled and Christianity is real. Mm -hmm. And it is also true that joy is our strength. And, and all of us need strength. You can't mm -hmm. live the Christian life yeah. on your own. 
but if you have joy, there's strength in the joy of the Lord. So I believe I believe very strongly in joy. Yes, I think it, we need it. I agree. I think it's a very, very important part of our life. As you mentioned, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's our strength as Christians. And without it, you're going to have a hard time doing anything for the Lord. Now, this last question, I ask this to every guest who comes on. I love hearing their answers. But could you share with us what your life verse is and then just take a few minutes and talk about it? Yes. My life verse personally is Philippians 121. For to me... To live is Christ, and to die is gain. And I love that verse because it puts every uh, my whole life in a perspective. Mm-hmm. The reason I do what I do is because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he is my Savior. He's my Master. He's my Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that, that he's family. Mm-hmm. He's friend. Uh, I love that he told the disciples, was it John 15, mm-hmm. he said, I will no longer call you my servants. I call mm-hmm. you friends. And that's Good. a loaded, a loaded matter. Jesus yeah. Christ is my life. And and I, I made a decision as a high school kid. You know what? If I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to put Jesus Christ first, and my life is going to be mm-hmm. to live for Jesus Christ. Now, at the time, I didn't know it was ministry. My goal was to be a doctor, and my plan as a doctor mm-hmm. was that Jesus would be first. Sure. And, and had God led me to be a farmer, I'd want Jesus first. For mm-hmm. to me to live is Christ. And for all these, you know, going, going on 40 years mm-hmm. here very shortly that I've been a believer, that really has been my life mm-hmm. goal. I want to live for Jesus Christ. And, and I, I often outline the verse. It, there is a, there's Christ in the verse. Mm-hmm. He is everything. He's our Savior. He's the King. He's the Lord. He's our Master. Mm-hmm. He's our God. He's, he, he's just everything. And He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's so yes. real. He's so amazing. Uh, then there's a cost in the verse. Mm-hmm. For to me to live is Christ um, and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. There's a cost in that verse. And the cost is that for Paul, he had to die. Yeah. And there are some things worth dying for, and Jesus is mm-hmm. one of those. Amen. And I know I'm going to die no matter what. Mm-hmm. I can either, you know, you can either die as an alcoholic, or you can die a free man serving mm-hmm. the Lord. You can either, you can either die a drunk or divorced mm-hmm. or you know messed up family, your kids hating your guts, or you can die serving the Lord. Yeah. So the cost, and I don't know that I will ever die as a martyr. Mm-hmm. Our culture seems to lean yeah. maybe in that direction mm-hmm. increasingly. But the fact of the matter is I'm going to die. So I just, you know, the cost I want to pay, I want to serve Jesus. Yeah. So he's my life. Uh, so it's Christ. And there is a cost there uh, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. And and if you're a young person listening, I tell young people all the time, what are you, what are you, what are you going to lose serving Jesus? What's yeah. it going to cost you? Paul, exactly. it cost him his life. It cost him his mm-hmm. life. The average, for me, it cost me some music. Mm-hmm. What did it cost me to serve Jesus? I mean, you know, it cost me... Uh, you know, maybe something I can't wear anymore mm-hmm. or some movie I can't see. Yeah. It's minuscule mm-hmm. compared to what some people have paid to yeah, serve Christ. Sure. So uh, my, my life verse, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. There's Christ there. There's a cost there. There's a choice there mm-hmm. for to me. I had to decide. Yeah. And uh, I'm so glad I made that decision. When I sign Bibles, yeah. I always sign Philippians 121. Mm-hmm. For to me to live is Christ. Some years ago at camp, my son was a camp counselor at mm-hmm. the camp I was preaching at. And he found my Bible on the front row, and there was a group of kids wanting me to sign their Bible. And he had one of his campers get in line with my Bible, and the kid came up to me with my Bible and asked me to sign his Bible, but it was my Bible. Uh-huh. And so my son videotaped me signing my own Bible, and made a huge deal about it. He's never never dropped that. And it was just it was set up. It was a setup. Uh-huh. I have a Bible that I signed in my own mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. But it says Philippians one twenty one for oh, to me to live is Christ. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, praise the Lord. I appreciate and enjoyed this conversation. I gleaned some things that I know I need to work on. Listeners, I'm sure it could be the same for each of us. Uh, So thank you again for coming on. We'll have him here next week. So next episode, we'll be talking about dating. Uh, This is one of those topics that 
Uh, last time I think I talked about this was two years ago, and it wasn't me. I just interviewed uh, Evangelist Kirk Copeland and let him do all the talking, and I stepped out of the way and got a lot of requests to do something like that again, and just haven't. So we're going to do it next week. So stay tuned, invite a friend, and I look forward to having you guys next week.